welcome to Gaining to Give, the podcast where money meets meaning. I'm Josh Roche, wealth advisor, founder of the Roche Group, and your host. Every week, we'll dive into practical tips, stories, and strategies that I hope help add purpose to your finances. Thanks so much for joining me, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Welcome. Welcome back to episode five of the Getting to Give podcast. So excited that you chose to join us again. I'm Josh, and I'm joined by my co-host, Paige. Welcome, Paige. Happy to be here. Today, we are going back into the topic, one of my favorite topics, budgeting. We're going to actually debunk some more myths. It's one of my favorite things to do. And uh, this just happens to be my favorite topic. So I'm super excited about today's episode. Paige, how do you feel? Here's the thing. It's very funny that we are both doing this podcast because you are someone who really loves budgeting. <laughs> Love it. And I am someone who fights tooth and nail to not budget, and I hate it. So I am someone who probably believes a lot of these myths. So <laughs> it's probably a good topic. It's fun that we're kind of both getting to do it and just kind of both getting to learn about how important budgeting is and maybe some misconceptions that people have. Probably not you. Probably probably more so me. <laughs> I think it's great. As we were doing this episode, what I appreciated was that as we're coming up with the top myths for budgeting, my brain just couldn't come up with it. Why would nobody want or why would anybody not want to budget? And here pages, she's just rattling well, rattling off the myths. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate that about you. And that's why it's good to have both perspectives. Absolutely. Okay. So we're gonna jump right in. The first myth about budgeting is that it just takes a lot of time. What do you say about that? Yeah, I think it can, and I think it kind of depends on your method of budgeting, but I certainly don't think it needs to take a whole lot of time. I think about me and my nerd ways with budgeting. And how much time it actually takes. I mean, for Holly and I, I bet we spend two hours a month on this. Maybe. You know, when you first set up a budget, of course, that's going to be a little bit more intensive when it comes to the time commitment. But once it's established and you've you've tracked your transactions and then you're just meeting to talk about where the spending was and what you're going to do about it, simple. An hour. But I do think it's a good thing that you need to try to keep this super simple because you can overcomplicate it. I mean, my gosh, if you had... 10 credit cards and six bank accounts. Sure. That's just asking for a headache. <laughs> it's asking for problems. Right. But you keep it simple. You know, a bank account, two bank accounts, a couple credit cards. If you're going to use those for your spending, make it easy on you. You know, I feel like sometimes we get into this trap of like trying to separate things too too granular of a level and it's just not helpful. So keep it simple. And it certainly does not have to take much time then. Right. And it doesn't have to be complicated to provide value either. Bingo. So that's and probably the less complicated, the more value you get, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. So another one, another myth is that um, budgets will be for people in financial trouble or living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, that's really good. Um, although those that of us that maybe are in that situation could benefit from a budget, those of us that aren't in that situation could benefit even more. You know, like we talked about in the first episode on on budgeting, what was that episode one? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think so. we talked about how budgets carry a greater purpose, not just on a, on a monthly basis, basis to say, "Hey, we accomplished this, we stuck to our budget," but to actually provide progress towards our long term goals, right? And so, those of us that have significant goals and varying goals, the more disciplined you are with a budget, the quicker it gets there. So, I would argue that. Budgeting is even more important for somebody that's not living paycheck to paycheck. Hmm. Okay, this makes sense. Learning all the things today, man. Look at this. (laughs) So productive already. Okay. So the next kind of myth is that kind of on that same vein is that budgeting is only for 
older people or people that kind of have a lot of money, like you're saying, it's like they're kind of two sides to that coin. Yeah, like, like when think I'm it's more, older, I'll start mm-hmm. my budget. They're going to have a lot of money to manage, I'll manage it. Or yeah. when I have to manage it, then I'll manage it. But yes. then in between, I'm okay. Oh, this is a great myth and something we hear all the time. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of one of those things that with anything, like exercise, I don't know why my brain always goes to that, but it just does. Mm-hmm. It's always like, ah, I'll do that next year. Like next year, when I turn 32 is going to be a great year to get into shape, you know? Yep. Uh, we always say the next one, the next one. Yes. I do that with the half marathons. I think I've almost signed up for them like four times. There you go. Signed up for really this year. So fingers crossed we stick to it. Wow. When are you doing that? July? Is that mm, the no, it's Oklahoma the memorial City? ones. I think it's in April. Okay. Have I started training? No. You better kick so, into gear. Got to start training and got to start budgeting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that it is just great to remember that... When we're young, the biggest thing we have on our side is time and small changes that you can arrive at through your budget. Gosh, the more time you have to implement implement those, the better. So it is, again, much more important to be taking advantage of that time and starting budgeting early, even if you don't feel like you have significant assets or significant income. Because, yeah, the impact of $50, $100 a month Although it might seem like that's a couple trips out to McDonald's or Starbucks, whatever, not going to matter. You know, when you think about it, did some quick math here. If you had $100 over 30 years, $100 a month over 30 years, total of $36,000 cash, right? $100 a month, 30 years, 36000 cash. If you invested that during that 30-year period and you just received 8% return, you'd have approximately $150,000. And so the cost, not just today of not doing a budget, but over 30 years, the cost of not saving that $100, putting it somewhere where it grows, $115,000. It's pretty significant if you ask me. Yeah. I think it's really interesting too. Like it's easy when you're younger to not really think of the long-term ramifications of your spending. We've talked about this. Like we both have done this of like, okay, like it's just a little bit of fun money. I'll start saving when I'm older. Right. Also saving when I don't want to do as many things. And so just like you kind of reading the numbers that way highlights just the impact of what this looks like. We actually like manage your money well early and budgeting helps a lot with that. Yeah. I think it's easy to kind of get caught in this comparison trap in a, in a bad way and something that's a little bit different than normal, but Comparing yourself to an average, like maybe I've started really well as a young professional. I've done really well. And so it gives me some grace to say, eh, I can take a couple of years to just spend this money. Yeah. Like other people, my friends don't have this income yet, or my friends don't have this money in the retirement yet. So why should I? I can wait. I can delay a couple of years yeah. to have some fun. And so I think that can be a little bit dangerous too, is comparing yourself to the average to make yourself feel better about eh, maybe not being so responsible with money. That's and yes, really good. we've both been there. Both yep. <laughs> okay, so another myth is that budgets have to be perfect or really rigid. Mm, yeah, they can be. And probably my budget is guilty of this. Like we can be kind of rigid at times, but you need to be adaptable with your mindset and with your budget because inev- inevitably you're going to blow it somewhere. Sometimes intentionally, like, okay, we went out too many times to eat because maybe we haven't gone out previously before. The last couple months, or sometimes you have a a medical um, scenario, you know, something happens and you're in for $800 at the doctor to fight a really nasty ear infection. I don't know. Yeah. But it happens. And so your budget has to be flexible because it's easy. Think about that happening like the first 10 days of the month. 
my mindset goes to, well, budget's blown. Where are we eating out for lunch? Yeah. It's easy to just kind of derail and then sort of write that month off. I feel like people think about budgeting if they do dieting. Like, okay, like if I miss a little bit of it, then I'm just going to throw off the wagon. Yes. It's even like, okay, well, I'm going to start in January. Like I'm guilty of this. I feel like everyone else is too. Like, okay, I'm going to have this like really good goal of like, I'm going to not eat sweets, which you're doing really well yeah, at. Yeah, thank I you. I do not do uh-huh. well at. And so I feel like once for me, like once I break that, like, okay, well, like, let's just throw in the towel and we'll just right. kind of keep going. And so All I the think budget people think that way too. Like do either all or nothing. Yep. Yep. So it is good. Just remember that it has to be adaptable. If you're going to run a successful budget for a long time, you have to realize that life's going to happen. Sometimes that forces you to make changes to your budget, but don't let that just derail you and throw you off the wagon where, you know, no matter, you know, I don't want to do this budget anymore. It's not going to work. Not for me. You know, okay. We had a, uh, something that happened this month. Let's get it back together. Let's find margin elsewhere. So absolutely. Well, I think too, one of the things that we talked about before we started this was just how um, budgeting helps you really see where your money's going yeah, and kind of like what you're, what you're prioritizing, where you're spending a lot of your money, a lot of your time, which I think like, I think for me at least, I thought the benefit of budgeting was only if I stick to it really rigidly. Sure. And so for me, as someone, if you don't know me, I am not someone who likes <laughs> rules and regulations and all the different things. And so I was like, mm, that does not sound appealing. Yep. But... When I started viewing it as way, like, okay, like, I need to see kind of, like, where my money is going. Because for me, like, we talk about a lot, like, where your money goes shows where your values are at. Very much so. And so, like, is that aligned with, like, am I wanting to save for travel, but I'm spending all my money eating out? Am I wanting to go to concerts? I'm doing my money on coffee. And so it kind of gives you a good idea of where your money is going. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be for these boring purposes like retirement. You know, like, anyone our age, we can talk about retirement. We know retirement's important. But who wants to create this budget just so you could have a nice life in 40 years? Like, who wants to actually talk and dream about that? Probably not most. But, you know, going back to the purpose of budgeting is to accomplish these other goals. You know, you mentioned travel. You love to travel. Maybe you've got these really aggressive, super awesome travel plans, like taking six months to tour around Europe and Australia. And I don't know, probably one of your goals I would guess. Well, you know, you get do have to save for that. And yeah. budgeting allows you to do that, to say no today. That's going to allow you to have this incredible experience two, three, four, five years down the road. So I also think, you know, just as I was thinking more about this myth of budgets have to be perfect, you know, the more that we get into a rhythm of budgeting, those months where things go wrong don't derail us. Mm-hmm. And it's really about kind of building this muscle of, like budgeting is good. Budgeting is a discipline that's learned and that when done creates phenomenal progress towards these goals. And then when you have a month, like think about you're exercising regularly and you have a bad week or a bad month, it doesn't derail all that progress you made yeah. over the last eight months. You know, when you go into the gym after that tough week or tough month, it's not like you're st- starting from step one again. That's you know, really you already point. have all that progress that you've built that makes it easier. But I think the real difficulty is when you have a derailer because I can't think of a better word, but something that throws you off early (laughs) on. You got to stick to it. Yeah. I think that's really good. So we kind of touched on it a little bit for this myth, but the last myth that we're going to debunk is that budgets are restrictive, unfun. Like they don't, I feel like you're on a budget then like you don't get to do like all the fun, spontaneous (laughs) things. And this is the myth that I was kind of like, "Mm, I don't want a budget because I want to be able to like do all the fun things I like to do. Yes. So what would you say to that? It does sometimes feel restrictive. I think sometimes when you really want to spend some money somewhere and you've already spent it all out and you can't, it kind of feels like in the moment, this budgeting thing, it really is terrible. I really don't like it. 
But when I think first you reframe your mind to remember that budgeting is a tool, budgeting is something that is helping a future me accomplish something that's way more important than whatever I want to spend money on in this moment. Whether it's I'm driving to work and Starbucks seems so appealing right now because it's freezing and icy. But if my budget's out, that no feels like a lot because it feels so enticing today. But maybe my goal is that travel. And so by saying no in that moment today, I can remember that I'm going to enjoy something down the road as a result. So I like to think of budgeting as not restrictive, but actually giving you permission to spend. Mm. Inside this budget, it doesn't mean that you can never go to Starbucks again. It's giving you permission to say, I can go to Starbucks 10 times a month. Or I can go to Starbucks five times a month. And what's the restaurant you just checked out this weekend? Farmer's Grain. Farmer's Grain. So maybe I go to Starbucks three times a month, and then I can go to Farmer's Grain for dinner instead. So you get to make choices on where you spend it. It just gives you permission to say, you can spend this money, and you can spend it guilt-free. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, is this in the budget? Is it not? It's clear. If it is, spend it. And you can enjoy it and not think about, oh, I wonder how much I've spent on eating out this month. Absolutely. It's permission to do that. Also, or all the while knowing that you're making progress towards your long-term goals. Mm, I think that's good. And kind of going off that too, what you were saying, me think of it gives you a reason to say no to things as yes. well. Because yep. like, I think at least for me, like I'm a yes girl. I like to go out to eat with totally. friends. I like to go to concerts. I like to do all the different things. And so if I'm like, oh wait, I've already spent my money that I allocated for this this month. Like, okay, I can say no. I like, it kind of gives you that freedom, like of a why behind why you're saying no. Yep. Yep. I'm just like, mm, I don't think I should. I've kind of already spent it. I'd be like, nope, I've out of the money that I've allotted for this. Like it's no for me. And that's tough, I think, sometimes in the moment, especially when you have friends that like to spend money and that aren't budgeting. You know, they want to go out and go, 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 go all the time. And sometimes you got to say no. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Doesn't mean you need new friends, just means they need to be on a budget. <laughs> just get your friends on a budget too. <laughs> um, okay, so kind of as we're closing out this podcast, one of the things that we always like to leave with is a good action step. And so what would you say to someone who believed all of these myths, listened to the podcast, like, okay, I need to start a budget. How would you kind of encourage them to start? So I think it starts first by creating some purpose for the reason that you're budgeting. If you haven't listened to episode one, here's your plug to go back and listen to that, which talks more about not just the daily task of budgeting, but why we do that and what it creates for your long-term goals. So I would start there. And then two, I'd start to work on building some resources Find somebody that's really good at budgeting. Reach out to our office and call us. We've got a great budgeting software through our financial planning approach. I've got a great spreadsheet I can share with you. So whatever works for your budget best and your preference. But find somebody that you trust that you like uh, to help you learn more about budgeting. And if we can be a help to you, excellent. We'd love to. Hey, that sounds great. I will say the budgeting tool is the first budgeting thing that I've looked at and not balked at. I was talking to Josh before we started this. and I was like, my mom jokes that I have like a face when we talk about my budget or like anything with my finances because I hate it. And I remember seeing this when I got one and I was like, oh, this seems actually manageable, workable as a spreadsheet hater. It is a good opposite of that. It works really, really well. And I think it's efficient too. Mm -hmm. you know, going back to trying to make it where it's not so time consuming. You've got to find tools that are going to be effective, simple to use, do a lot of the work for you. And I think that's what it does. And whatever works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Paige. I know probably a lot more fun for me than you (laughs) since I really love this topic. 
I do promise that we're moving on from budgeting after this purpose, but you know, budgeting so important, so crucial. We probably won't be away for too long. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great day. Thanks so much for joining us today. We sure appreciate you showing up and listening to this episode and supporting us in this journey. I'd also like to thank Mike Pfeiffer for his expertise in editing this podcast and getting it live. And lastly, don't forget, the more you give, the more you gain. See you next Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in to the Gaining to Give podcast. As a reminder, there are some important disclosures in the description of this podcast for you to check out. Thanks for being here.